Hello, I'm Phoebe. I'm Sam. Hi, I'm Sam. Um, we've been asked to also answer the question what the resurrection means to us. Um, for me, I think it's a very transformative thing that has changed the way that I live. Um, for me, I'm not afraid of death anymore, which I think for a long time was something that just was naturally something that I was really afraid of. And I think that is because Jesus has gone from being not just a man, but also, well, he was always God, but God and man. And so he was risen from the death to um, take my sins and to defeat death. And so it's no longer something that I'm afraid of um, and something that I can sort of um, share with people and be proud of and be encouraged by every day. Yeah, I think the resurrection means a similar thing for me. Um, I think it means that uh, my life matters. I think it means that your life matters as well um, because not only did your life matter enough that God did this for you, um, but our lives matter enough that he had a plan that they wouldn't end, um, that they would continue with him um, and that he wants us to be with him. Um, and so I often feel like I'm a little bit worthless or uh, I suck at stuff, but then I remember that I matter and I know that I matter because God did this for me um, as he did for you. Um, so we're going to read from Luke chapter 24. I think it's at ch- uh, page 77. Uh, in the little books. These takes away. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, two, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. 
Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true the Lord has risen and, and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. While they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple praising God. This is the word of the Lord.
this is what they felt like when it happened. And today, it's how we should feel too. Because what it meant for them, it means for us. It's a great line, isn't it? What it meant for them, it should mean to us today. Let me ask you, how do you feel about the resurrection? When you woke up this morning, Easter Sunday, how were you feeling? When you think that Christ is risen, what's your response to that? Do you see the emotion in that video? Like, yes, he's risen! The tears in the video, the dancing of the African woman. Is that how you feel about the resurrection? When was the last time you woke up on Easter Sunday and went, yes! And we get excited about other things, don't we? You know, when you're watching the, uh, the, the Swimming World Championship, they've got the, that little red line, the world record attempt, and she's ahead of the red line, ahead of the red line. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Yes! Or blokes watching a footy game where they've got five minutes to go, they've got to get that, that winning try in the last five minutes, and come on, come on, come on, and they get the touch. Like, yes, yes, and, and grown men leaping around and pumping the air. Or like when you uh, open an envelope and you know, you've got the exam results or the medical test, and you think, oh no, no, no. And you open it, and you go, yes, yes. When was the last time you felt like that about the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Maybe you're here tonight and you've been a believer for many, many, many years. But for you, the resurrection has just become a bit sort of ho-hum, a bit mundane. Just another part and fact of your Christian life. Uh, Maybe you're here tonight and you're not a believer. And like the disciples, you think it's all a bit nonsense. I want to read from a guy who lost his son ten years ago, just the week before Easter. He said this. Easter has taken on a new importance. Until you stare death eye to eye, Easter's just a word. It's a nice day with bunny rabbits and eggs, but when someone really precious like your son dies, Easter becomes everything to you. It's an anchor in a fierce storm, a rock on which to stand. It's a hope that raises you above despair and keeps you going. Jesus did defeat death, and Jesus was raised from the dead. And so I know my son will be raised, and I too will be raised. And because Jesus lives, we will live. Now that means everything to me. The resurrection means everything to me. Let me ask you again, what does the resurrection mean to you tonight? We're going to get to Luke's Gospel, so pick up your Luke's Gospel. We're going to meet four different people and find, find what the resurrection meant to them. So turn to page 77. Let's meet Mary. Hi, I'm Mary, and I've been asked to share what the uh, resurrection means to me tonight. To me, the resurrection means 
the fact, the historical fact that Jesus is risen. I went to the uh, the tomb that first Easter morning. It was dark, and I was actually one of the original Spice Girls. I'd taken some spices to embalm the body, and you, you know when you, you lose someone that you love, and the, the tomb, the, the gravestone is really important because you just want to be near that person that you loved. So we went there that first Easter morning, and I knew something was wrong as soon as I arrived because uh, the big boulder outside the tomb had been, had been rolled away. It would take three, three grown men to, to roll that stone away. And I walked into the tomb, and I looked, and I looked, and it was empty. And I looked and looked and looked, but the body was not there. And I, I was pondering, I was wondering, what have they done with him? And I'm thinking, oh, maybe the Jewish authorities stole him. I thought, that, that couldn't, be, couldn't be right because they wanted him dead. And suddenly these, these two men appeared in blazing white. They were, they were angels and instinctively I just bowed down before them. And they said the most bizarre thing, you can read about it. They said, why do you look for the living among the dead? I thought, what a strange question. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Because he was dead. I I knew Jesus was dead. I'd I'd been there at the crucifixion. I I saw the nails go in. I saw the spear go in. I, I saw the crown of thorns on his head. I heard him take his last breath. I knew he was dead. Why do you look for the living among the dead. I started to think, could it be right? Could he be alive? And then they came straight out with it. Verse 6, he is not here. He has risen. And as soon as I heard those words, he has risen, it's like this joy welled up in my heart. Yes! Yes! And I rushed and I told you the disciples, but the other disciples said it was nonsense. But I know it's true. To me, the resurrection means the fact that Jesus is risen. Let me ask you, do you believe that? Do you really believe the facts of the resurrection? The tomb was empty. The eyewitnesses were there. The early disciples saw it. Do you believe that? Maybe you are here tonight and verse 11 resonates with you. They didn't believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. That is you tonight. Can I say that was me 26 years ago? Now, I was a scientist. I was doing a PhD in science and dead people don't rise. But you know what? I had arrogantly disregarded the resurrection without even bothering to investigate And when someone challenged me to pick up the Bible and to read the Bible and to read historical books, the more I read the scriptures, the more I read historical accounts of the the death and resurrection of Jesus, the more I was convinced this really did happen. And I'm here tonight to tell you, you you could read and read and read, and you will not find any other historical events with as much evidence as the resurrection of Jesus. So it did happen. Fact. But why does it matter? Let me say the resurrection will matter 
when somebody that you love is about to die. The resurrection really matters when somebody that you love dearly is facing death. The resurrection will matter when you yourself are facing death. Because the resurrection shouts that death has been defeated, that death has been conquered. Death that has been looming over our world right since the fall. Death has been conquered. Death has been defeated because Jesus is risen. And that will transform the way that you grieve the death of a loved one. I think of Chris who was killed in a car crash 12 years ago. He died a believer. And so I grieve, I grieve differently because of the resurrection. I think of my friend Simon who was murdered 13 years ago as a believer. I grieve differently because of the resurrection. I think of Ben, that's Sam's biological father. We grieve differently because of the resurrection. I know that many of you here tonight have lost loved ones, but you grieve differently, don't you, because of the resurrection. Death is defeated. Death is conquered. Death is not the end. Do you believe that? So firstly, the resurrection means the facts. Secondly, let's meet a clear past. Turn over the page. Hi, my name's Cleopas, and I've been invited to share tonight what the resurrection means to me. To me, the resurrection means fulfillment. Because of the resurrection, I now believe that every word of Scripture is true. Because of the resurrection, I believe that every word of Scripture points to Jesus being the Messiah. It was that first Easter Sunday, and I was walking on this road to Emmaus with my mate, and we were just downcast because we'd just seen our friend killed. And do you know when suddenly you, you sense another person behind you? Suddenly this, this third person came in, and, and I, I'll be really honest, we didn't see him. We didn't understand who he was. We didn't recognize him. That might sound strange, but we did not recognize him. And we were chatting about the events in Jerusalem, and he was like, what are you talking about? And we're like, what? Where have you been? Don't you, haven't you heard what's happened in Jerusalem? What, he said. And so we told him about Jesus of Nazareth. We told him about uh, the, the words and the, the deeds that he'd done before God. And we told this third man about how Jesus had calmed the storm and healed the sick and, and raised Lazarus from the dead. And we told this third man how the chief priests had arrested our friend Jesus and they'd nailed him to a cross. And we were feeling really sad because we said that we believed that he could have been the one. He could have been the one who would rescue us and redeem us, but now he's dead. And this third man was really quite rude to us. He said, how foolish you are. How stupid you are. Don't you believe the scriptures? And beginning with Moses, he showed us how Jesus fulfilled the prophets of Moses and, and Isaiah. And, and then we arrived in town and it was late at night and we said, stay with us. And so this third man had dinner with us. And, and as we sat down for dinner, he, he broke the bread and he gave thanks. And it's like, yes! And our eyes were open like, wow, it is Jesus. And we were so excited. He is alive. And it's like having a Bible study. He took us from Moses and he took us from Jeremiah and Isaiah. He said, it's all fulfilled in me. I am the Messiah. So to me, the resurrection means fulfillment. 
Again, let me ask you, do you believe that? Do you believe that every word of Scripture is true? Everything that God said would happen, will happen. Because the resurrection is key to that, my friends, that, that if Jesus did not rise, then we cannot trust anything that's written in the Bible. Jesus said he would, and he did. Now, maybe you're here tonight, and again, you sometimes read the Bible, and it makes no sense to you. Do you remember what happened when these disciples were walking along the road? Their, their, their minds were closed, their minds were blind, but, but Jesus opened their eyes and opened their minds. Their hearts were buzzing and so they could see Jesus. You need that in your life, friends. You need God to open your eyes to see Jesus. But if he has, then you're here tonight and you must believe what God says will happen, will happen. Now, when, when Jesus said... That he's forgiven you. He has forgiven you. When Jesus said that he's, he's going to come back. He will come back. When Jesus said he'll take you to glory. He will take you to glory. Now, please don't rip bits out of the Bible. Please don't doubt things in the Bible. Every word is true because of the resurrection. So the facts. The fulfillment. Number three. The physical. New perfect, resurrected bodies. Let's meet the disciples. Hi, I'm one of the 12 disciples and I've been asked to share tonight what the resurrection means to me. To me it means new bodies, resurrection bodies, perfect bodies, bodies that work properly. And I just long for that, don't you? We're in this room behind closed doors and suddenly Jesus appeared. He just walked through the door and, or through the wall rather and, and he stood there and said, peace be with you. And he was so comforting, so calming. And we were terrified. We thought we'd seen a ghost. But Jesus looked at us and he said, why are your hearts troubled? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. And it was so strange, you know, because we'd seen him on the Friday and we'd seen like on his back, he had just been lashed with his whips and, and it had been blooded and it had been torn. But his resurrected body was perfect. And, and, and the, the head where the crown had been, there was, there was no scars there. It was a perfect body. The, the nails were there. And we were still doubting. We were thinking, could it be him? Could it be him? He said, touch me. I'm not a ghost. Touch me. The ghosts do not have bones. They don't have flesh. Come on, hold me. Touch me. I'm a real, physical, resurrected body. And then he said, have you got anything to eat? And we feel pretty stupid because like, when you've got the king of kings in front of you, you want to serve him a banquet, don't you? And we served him broiled fish. But, you know, we'd seen him. We'd held him. We'd touched him. He had a real, physical resurrected body and because of that that's what the resurrection means to me new bodies so I'll ask you again do you believe that do you believe that when you die God will raise you with a perfect imperishable new physical body I don't need to tell you, do, do I, that um, our bodies age 
and they fail and they fail. I'm about to turn 46 next week, you know, everything starts to sag and more wrinkles and less hair on my head and more hair where I shouldn't have hair. And Even this last week, just in this last week, I've had a four-year-old who, I, sorry, I know a four-year-old, not my own children, I know a four-year-old who has leukemia, diagnosed last week, a woman with a brain tumor, somebody with another type of cancer, and somebody who was facing death with real debilitating illnesses. Now, our bodies are aging and frail and they're messed up. We have a world with cancer and a world with cardiac arrests. We have a world with depression. We have a world with arthritis. We have a world with leukemia. You know, this is not how it's supposed to be, is it? These bodies are just a tent and we're waiting for the perfect resurrected body. I love this quote. When John Quincy Adams was 80 80 years old, 80, a friend said, how is John Quincy Adams? He replied, John Quincy Adams himself is very well, thank you. But the house he lives in is sadly dilapidated. It's tottering on its foundations. The walls are badly shattered. The roof is worn. The building trembles with every wind. And I think that John Quincy Adams will have to move out of it before too long. But he himself is very well, thank you. He's talking about his body, and the Bible tells us that these bodies are just the seed. You plant the seed into the ground, and out comes the tree, the perfect body. Now, I long for the day where there is no cardiac arrest, there is no cancer, there is no arthritis, there is no AIDS, there is no migraine, there is no muscular dystrophy. I long for that day. And I know one day that my body will be perfect. And yours will be too. How do you know that? Because of the resurrection. So the facts, the fulfillment, the physical bodies, lastly, forgiveness. That's what the resurrection means, forgiveness. Let's meet Peter. Hi, my name is Peter and I've been asked to share what the resurrection means to me. You might not know me. I was actually Jesus' closest friend, and I lived with Jesus. I, I walked with Jesus. I talked with Jesus. I, I was the one who saw the transfigured Jesus. I was the one who said, if everybody else deserts you, I never will, Jesus. And I sit here tonight because I was the worst of sinners. Now, you might think you're bad, but you're nothing compared to me. I committed the worst sin you could ever imagine. Do you remember how when Jesus was arrested, the, the slave girl said to me, you're his follower, aren't you? And I said, no, don't know who he is. And not once, not twice, but, but three times I disowned Jesus. And then I watched Jesus die. And the, the guilt, the guilt at my sin was just overwhelming. I was burdened with my guilt at my sin. And then then Mary came and told me that the tomb was empty. I did not believe it. So I ran to the tomb and I looked in and I did not see the body. And then I met Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. He said this, he said this. Repentance 
for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name. And I'm thinking, Jesus, you couldn't forgive me, could you? Not me. But you know, Jesus chose me, Peter, to be his preacher, his man, to preach the risen, resurrected, forgiving Lord Jesus. I'm the one who preached that. Because yes, he even forgave me. And if he, if he forgave me, he can forgive you. Now again, I'll ask you, do you believe that? Do you believe that there is nothing that you have done in the past that Jesus cannot forgive? Do you believe there's nothing that you'll do tomorrow that Jesus cannot forgive? There's nothing that you'll do in the future that is beyond his forgiveness because Jesus paid it all. And the resurrection confirms and shouts to us the cross really worked. You know, when Jesus claimed to die on the cross to forgive your sins, how do you know? How do you know that your sins are really forgiven? And the answer is the resurrection. Because if the resurrection hadn't happened, you could never be sure the cross really worked. Now again, I don't know a lot of you, but I'm sure there are some people here tonight who are way down and feel guilty about some past sin. And I'm here to say to you, leave it at the cross. Look at the empty tomb and leave here tonight knowing that you're forgiven. Know you're forgiven. So what it meant for them, it means for us. It means the facts that death is defeated. It means the fulfillment that Jesus is the Messiah. Every word written is true. It means physical, perfect, new bodies in the next life. And it means forgiveness. And the way that they felt (laughs) is how we should feel. So when was the last time you thought about Jesus and went, yes, yes, he's risen. And we shouldn't just feel that on Easter Sunday, should we? Every day we should go, yes, thank you, Jesus. So if I say to you tonight, Christ is risen, what do you say? He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. Let me pray. Father, we do want to thank you and praise you that Jesus is alive, that death is defeated, that death is conquered, the tomb was empty. Father, forgive us for times when we question that and doubt that, or for times we just don't get excited by that. Forgive us for times when we are not filled with joy because of the resurrection. Lord, I long for the day when Our bodies are made whole. That sickness is conquered. Thank you, Father, for the promise of imperishable, perfect bodies. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to take bread and juice together. If you're here tonight and you love Jesus as your resurrected Lord and Savior, take the bread, take the juice. We're going to eat and drink together. If you're here tonight, you don't yet believe in the resurrection, let it pass you by. We're going to eat and drink between the next two songs. So please stand. We're going to sing together.